Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin, going around the table, Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And Shane. I'm Shane, playing Alexander, the human bard. And John. Hello. I play Lunadas, elven monk, and cook. And Blake. My name is Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the eldritch knight slash wizard, dragonborn. Alright, so the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, you found yourselves in Fadel. You were basically trapped inside of this inn as you were under guard under the pretext of entering the city and there to speak to Eric Tellwright. After some smooth talking, some lies and deceptions, uh, and a little bit of seduction, you were able to find out that the Boots of Fadel were not in the city and that you needed to go to the Gate. So after some disguises and some illusions and some smooth talkings, you were able to leave the city and make your way to the Faygate. Uh, and that's where you find yourselves now. At this point, it is probably about maybe midnight, one o'clock in the morning. There is a full moon currently that is illuminating uh, most of the woods where you are here. You are hearing some sounds up ahead uh, near the Fay Gate. Prime, most of all, is the rushing of a waterfall that is feeding this stream that runs to the river. And that is where you find yourselves now. So, what do you want to do? I believe we want to rest spells for people. Because use a lot of spell slots making disguises so we can get out of the city. Alright, so. Currently, you think, uh, give me a survival check or a perception check, anybody. I can do perception. I can do perception nine times. Turns out you can't. (laughs) This would be an active. Ten. Uh, Anybody else? Oh, you said said somebody give me, which implies one. Or uh, anybody. More of us can. Give me perception or survival. During our interim sessions, we've lost four eyeballs between the 20. two. <laughs> two. All right, so let's see. Alexander and Talia. Based on the sound of this uh, waterfall and some glow of some firelight, you think you're probably about maybe 200 yards from the Faygate. I'll say something. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the guys, hey, uh, I, I think the Fay Gates, I'm guessing, is behind the waterfall. Interesting. So we just have to walk right through it? I have a feeling there's going to be more resistance than that. We might have to come up with a strategy. Well, yeah. Shouldn't this be more protected? Any, anyone else find that rather odd? Maybe they don't expect it to attack in the direction of the city? Well, I mean, you haven't you haven't seen this area you don't know if it's defended or not you just know that there's some a glow from a fire and some uh, noise from the waterfall oh uh okay uh, i guess we can't see it so i mean you could move closer if you'd like yeah i think that's our only option so let's do that or you could send uh batgirl to uh scout ahead I, uh, I think she already it used it. Yeah. Yeah, not until morning. Or, yeah, not until dawn. And then you I can only do it, it once per day? Once per day. But it's it doesn't have a time limit on it, so I can just, like, stay a bat for, like... Dark. Ever? 
It actually doesn't even require there to be darkness. I, there has to be darkness for me to change, but the way that it's Ooh. written, it doesn't require me to stay in darkness. The flying requires me to stay in darkness. So uh, we move closer. That is that is the conclusion I have drawn. Okay, move closer. Okay, um, are you stealthing up there, or are you just taking your horses and your cart? I think perhaps we should send, like, two people up there who can stealth real well. And to, we to could to just scout. continue with the saying we're on a mission from Mutz's Nuts. I think Talia's right here. Stealth is probably the best option right now. Um, so Nifron says, uh, I'll go. I'll go, too. And she's gonna... For no other reason than she can put up on her on her cloak so that she is super adorable when she does it. Uh, doesn't that also give you advantage on... Actually, this one just gives me advantage whenever I'm wearing it. I don't have to put the hood up. That was the Cloak of Elvenkind that did that. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, who has that currently? Is that Alexander? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So... Nifron is going to turn to you and say, follow me. And he is going to um, walk into the woods to the south of the stream. I'll follow him. Okay, uh, give me a stealth check. Could we get a map showing the uh, 29, because I get advantage on stealth checks. It's right now where we put the city. We're getting there. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> and Nifron got a 21. Okay, so um, you're going to duck into the woods here and find some areas of the trees where the moonlight isn't filtering down, so there's shadow. You're going to walk for about 100 yards and give me a perception check. 13. Okay. Um, Actually, I haven't used my inspiration yet. There's a time limit on that, right? Yeah, that fades at one five minutes. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Not bardic inspiration. Gosh darn it, Alexander. Why aren't you more useful? Just bring him up there and play music loudly. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll, I'll just get a 13. All right, so um, you're walking through here and you're sticking to the shadows and you're going to see Nifron stop and crouch down beside a tree and he motions you to get down. And then after a few minutes, you're going to hear some limbs breaking. And you're going to see some movement in the woods. And Nifron is just going to hold his hand out for you to, like, stop and stay there. And after about five minutes, he motions um, for you to come up and join him. I will do that. Should we have let Tali go up alone with Nifron? I don't think he's a good influence on her. It's only for a few minutes. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You could kill her. Uh, I, I think he's magically bound to help us, isn't he? I hope so. Anyway, enough of this interruption. As you join Nifron, he is going to whisper to you, there's an elf up there. He's moved away. I think we're good to go. Uh, give me another stealth check. 27. Nice. All right, so... You're moving slowly and carefully through these woods, and after about 20 minutes, you're going to find yourself over here in this area where I'm pinging on the map. So you come to the edge of the trees here, and now you can see firelight and torchlight. The sound of the waterfall here is uh, almost deafening. Uh, The waterfall itself, uh, you can see the top of it is probably about 60 to 70 feet tall. Give me a perception check. Ooh. Seven. It's a good thing that Nifron rolled a lot higher than that. So Nifron's going to turn to you and say, hmm, this isn't good. I count almost a dozen men. What you can see is uh, there's two campfires here, and there's been two structures that have been set up on either side of the waterfall here. Look like some huts. And there's also this palisade wooden wall that surrounds the entrance of the waterfall here that's broken up into sections. The walls themselves are probably about five feet high with uh, sharpened wooden stakes at the top. 
There appears to be some sort of footbridge that's been erected across the stream here that connects either side of the stream. You're also seeing some uh, large boulders here that might make for cover in front of the uh, wooden fences. Um, can we see from here if the wooden fence goes all the way up to the cliff thing? Uh, not from where you are currently. You're basically, you can see the front of the structure and it looks like it wraps around. Talia's just gonna kinda sigh and, and you know, just sigh. Oh yeah, how tall is the fence? Uh, five feet. You can see the, the heads of these tall high elves stick out probably, you know, about a foot and a half above the fences because they're kind of tall. Sniper. So Nifron is going to walk up a little bit more ahead. Um, are you following? Yes. Okay, give me a stealth check. 26. Damn. I'm just going to stop asking. Um, so he motions for you to follow him, and you're going to swing wide to the east and south here, through the trees, and he stops at a point that's probably, you think, maybe 30 yards or so from this fencing. Give me another perception check. 18. Alright, so you are getting some firelight coming from these large campfires that they have on either side here and it appears that this fencing runs all the way up to this sheer rock face that goes up to the waterfall. It's probably about 70 feet. Talia's gonna kind of lean over to, to Nifron and, and whisper very quietly, how do you think we should go in? I don't know. Perhaps find a way over the fencing here, take them by surprise or Maybe go to the top of the waterfall, but it's a long way to fall if we try to climb down. Not to mention, if they notice us up there, they'll be able to shoot us easily. Uh, give me a perception check. Five. So, <laughs> you're looking around this, how hard it would be to climb this thing, and there's not a lot of features that you can make out in the dark here. It looks like it's pretty straight up and down in spots. It looks like the, the trees to your south and east rise up on a hill. You may be able to find a way to climb up around that. But one thing that you notice as you are looking around this waterfall, that it appears that there are four figures on the ridge here that are moving that stick out against the uh, the moonlight. There are silhouettes you can see. Push. Damage. So you think there's somebody up there, too? She's going to lean to him again and, and whisper, Do you think we can bluff our way through this again? I don't know. We had a hard enough time getting out of the city. I'd say the group here is a more highly motivated lot. We also know that they've been attacking Wood Elves indiscriminately. Us uh, showing up on the doorstep might not go over too well. Let's, uh, let's go back to the group and, and tell them what we know and try to figure out a plan. Agreed. He's going to stalk off into the woods, but this time deeper to the south and the east to make a, like a deeper circuit away from the stream here. She'll follow. Uh, give me another stealth check. 23. <laughs> Alright, so... Yeah, you make it back with uh, no problems. Um, you are going to see that elf that was patrolling to the south and east here again. But Nifron stops you in plenty of time to not make any noise. And the elf continues its patrol without noticing you. So you make it back to the rest of the group. So what do you see? Um, Talia is going to relate just the, the information that they got that there's a five-foot wall made of sunk posts with spikes at the top, correct? Yeah, they're like logs that have been sharpened at the top that are probably about uh, three inches in diameter. And, and that there were people and yeah. You think there's probably about a, from what Nifron was telling you, um, there is about a dozen on the ground here 
and four more at the top of the falls. Alright. Can we bluff our way past Anyone? I have a feeling they're not letting anyone through there. Yeah, I don't think we can bluff our way through that. So we're going to have to kill a dozen or so armed, prepared elves in a defensive position. Hmm, but there is one place they won't expect it from. Because the there's a river that runs right through there. If we could dive under the river and pop up, we might get the advantage. We might get the drop on it. Interesting. I do have that ring that lets me breathe underwater. Cat, and it'll be super easy to swim against the current. Well, after it comes down in the waterfall, the current will actually be much weaker there. So that's less of a problem. Well, as an elf, I have the ability to be extra sneaky in wildlands such as this. So, perhaps, Juliet, you would like the honor of the ring so that you could go up the river while Nifron, uh, Talia, and I sneak as close as possible to the entrance. Perhaps Alexander does something. Oh, Alexander has the cloak. He could be sneaky, too. The rest of us split up, sneak as close as we can to the entrance on either side. You walk up the river, and then we attack when you attack. One thing that uh, you also saw about this palisade is it is not solid in some places. So it's basically like layered to where they can move like people and horses and carts through. But if you uh, look at it, you know, there's like a front line and then there's a line behind that with a hole and then another smaller line behind it. So that there's no straight line into the camp, but also the gate or anything. Correct. Perhaps. Juliet can sneak up the water. Uh, Talia, Nifron, and I travel... Or, no, even... Hmm. Talia and Nifron sneak as close as possible. Alexander and I just walk right up to the gate and try to talk to them. Alexander can be very persuasive, yes? But I don't speak Elvish. You'd have me there. How would but that you're apply not persuasive. No, I'm not, but being an elf, perhaps it would... And then some extra credibility if we tried to, at the very least, attempt to bluff our way in. And if they're you focused mean, on us, then they won't be looking for you. You mean in the place where they've been attacking and killing wood elves indiscriminately because they're trying to keep people out of it? Yes. Next plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I have an idea. So they don't seem to be quite the being, persuade, being a persuaded type, so... How about we just go on the side, and then I lightning bolt them, and then we rush in. Will lightning bolt create a gap for us? Uh, it would lightning bolt through all the dudes. Wait, it's a wooden palisade, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to light it on fire? Hell yeah, she does. Talia's answer to anything is fire. Have you listened to her backstory episode? I'm just saying there's a fire-breathing dragonborn and wood. Uh, That's all I'm saying. The thing is, it's probably going to be a slow burn. I don't know if that's going to work. Do you think there are any wood elves around? Maybe we could get them to attack alongside us. Uh, okay, so so one, one point of concern as well is that um, I am not super stealthy. Um, swimming up the, the river might walking. be a problem just because I'm a gigantic red alligator kind of thing and i don't think that that is like a natural creature that you'd find i mean you could put on the water breathing ring and then just stand on the bottom and walk mm-hmm. through how deep is the river i don't know let's jump in how and find out the river and also if there was some sort of distraction then that would make it easier for you to just sort of walk up and also if we did it at night it would be harder for them to see well, I, I can't see at all at night, so... Well, that would make the river even easier for you. You just go in the direction that it's hardest to go. <laughs> that sounds He's sick. not wrong. <laughs> that, I mean, that's assuming that the river isn't, like, two feet deep. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see. Okay, yeah, it's people on the top of the cliff that are, would probably cause some sorts of problems for us. What if uh, 
Talia and Nifron dealt with them first. I know Talia can fly up there, perhaps. Uh, Nifron, do you think you could climb up there? I don't see why not. It looks like there's a ridge that winds around to the top of it. So at the very least, we wouldn't necessarily have to fight all of them all at once, unless they have some sort of alarm call or something. I feel like we're not going to get out of just attacking them. Oh no, of course not. Uh, so we don't have to fight all of them at the same time. That's me. Do you have, uh, can you make a fog cloud? I do not have fog cloud. I have major image, lightning bolts, speak with dead, uh, invisibility, prayer of healing, and suggestion. I have fog cloud if we want to use that. Because, I mean, what if we just snuck up there and fog, you know, on either side of the river and fog clouded the the entrances to try to get in before they have a chance to attack us before we can get in. Oh, just run right. Because they can see they can see over the fence fence posts, so they they'll be able to attack us, but we won't necessarily be able to attack them. It does also mean taking all of them on. Well, the thing is, the waterfall has fairy fire. Yes. No. No, I thought you said there was fairy fire. Okay. No, there are campfires. Okay. Then. Because, you know, fire, fairy fire would have, you know, shown through the fog unless we would have had a simple target to aim at. Alright, come on. We, we need a solution either way, guys. Okay, so uh, how about we return to the fire idea? The thing is that it will be a slow burn, but if they're inside, it's a problem for them that they have to fix. And if it starts on the outside, they're either going to have to come outside or they're just going to have to wait for the fire to come in burn the outside, and then use the water from the river to take it out. So, if we start a fire on one side, wait for it to grow big enough to grab their attention, it's likely they will grab buckets or something and start trying to put it out with river water. Then, we can sneak in just very easily. Uh, okay, easily might be a little too... They're, they're definitely going to be suspicious, but... You mean if we can let set the fire without them noticing? that there's someone there setting the fire. Yes. So you're saying we set it outside the palisade entirely? Like like trees on fire? Uh, if we want to light trees on fire, that's fine. Uh, we might start a forest fire. I'm okay with that. Uh, Alright. What about Buttercup? <laughs> I was assuming we'd bring everything with us through the waterfall. Oh god, that makes everything so much harder. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, we could probably bring the horses pretty easy, but the cart would have to stay. I'm very ambivalent about that. Okay, let's kill everyone. All right, let me, let me put out a new option. I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, we use rope, we climb up to the hill that the waterfall is coming on, and we rope down into the biggie. Nothing could go wrong with this plan. Uh, there are four people up there, and also... Um, at least at least four. Four that we saw. And I don't know. I didn't see what kind of, of weaponry the people on the bottom had, but we, if they saw us rappelling down the cliff, we would make excellent targets that couldn't move easily for them to shoot at. Any mage types? I don't know. Nifron's gonna oh. say, it was hard to make out. Basically, we could just see shadows. Mm. He's also going to say, this is also the matter of the 70-foot drop, if you happen to fall. Oh, I could just jump off, I think. Well, not I'm going to look smug. Assassin's Creed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, yeah, I'm at a loss. Oh, we have to pick a plan. We can't, we can't make this like last episode. Yeah. Uh, how about we set the fire, they start to clump up to try to put it out, we engage them and then slaughter their slaughter them and go into the fey gate. I think Let's that's a it. wonderfully simple idea. I like it. There that we does go. Mean, that does mean sneaking Juliet close enough to set the fire. We just have to go through the woods on the outside, and then we well, just start setting the trees on fire and they'll catch through. Yeah, I, we, we don't need to set, to set it on magic. fire. Yeah, anyone can light a fire. Do you still have any of that alchemist fire left? Did you get that from the Red Talons to burn down 
the Temple of Arathus. The Temple of Arathus, way back when, but I'm pretty sure we used it all. Yeah, I think we used it all. I remember us trying to use it before on a separate thing, and then we're like, oh, we don't have any. Did you get anything from Kasich? I'm looking we got a pillowcase. <laughs> that pillowcase is awesome, okay? <laughs> and gloves. I thought your uh, firebolt ring was expended, Talia. It is expended. I don't know why it says one charge left. But someone else had some kind of firebolt thing. I think it was... I have a wand of magic missiles. Somebody has a magic thing that does lightning stuff, I think. I don't think we have any more fire stuff. You know what we do have? Uh, what? A bard with with some kind of a uh, shooty type object. Bow? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge. A crossbow. Light, light, light the crossbow bolt on fire. Fire it. That only works in the stories. Yeah, you would need some sort of accelerate. Doesn't anyone have, like, fireball as a, as a spell? Okay, so hear me out. We use growth on a match that's fired from his crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, thinking like outside the box. How about we just use growth on a bolt that's fired from his crossbow and hit uh, somebody with something the size of a tree? Hmm. Alright, Talia, Nifon, why don't you sneak to the north side of the river, light a fire um, among the trees, see if you can't get it ready to aim it toward the palisade and then sneak back down toward the entrance while we watch from the south side. When they start to move toward the north to uh, fight the fire, we'll come in the southern entrance to attack them, and you can come in through the northern entrance when you see us. What are we going to do about the arches up top? We'll be sitting ducks. Okay. Um, Light the fire, go to the top of the cliff, wait till you see us attack down below, then you attack the archers. Then come back down once you're done with them. Sure. What do you think? I Donna? guess. Okay. Well, we all have spells, so I mean. Oh uh, right, but... fog cloud would prevent the archers from attacking. That's true. That's true. But then, whether you cast it on the archers or on the actually, I think casting on the archers might be best. What's the range on that spell? I'm looking at up 120 feet, and it, I can actually throw it in the air. Smoke grenade. Depending on where you are, you may be able to get some of them in it, but it doesn't look like you would be able to get all of them in it, depending on where you are. No, yeah. It, it would be used as cover to intervene between us and the archers. Like, we would put it up in the air and then use that area, that diagonal, that hypotenuse. Alright, so is that what you're doing? You could cast it from 100 feet away from the base of the wall and still be able to get the center of the cloud at the top of the wall. I just did that. Okay, so just to run down, set a fire, they'll start trying to put it out. We engage on them. Um, Nightfront will be up top whenever we do. We set the freaking fog mist on them or us, are one we or the other. Them or are we just trying to get away or get through without being noticed? We're, I would imagine that we're going to get noticed. It's only like, what, a hundred foot space with I think it's a 20 elves. foot radius. For the, oh, for the fog cloud is a 20 foot radius, I think. Your engagement zone up here is about 75 feet wide by about 45 feet deep on the ground. Yeah, I would imagine that very perceptive elves would have the capability of uh, seeing us. I'm So let's just take a quick boat since there's four four of us and Nifron, so that's five. Uh, I vote to engage after we start the fire. Just straight up attack? Well, what I just said, so we'll start the fire, they'll start clumping together, we engage. Yeah, so we, we are going to wait for them. Yes. Nifron and Talia go up to the top, deal with those four archers, while we struggle pridefully to deal with the giant group on the ground, and then they come back down to join us after they've killed the fancies up top. Right, so that's the attack plan. Nifron's going to say that may take us a while to get back down. We'll effectively be out of the fight. That's what the ropes are for. I mean, it won't take me that long. I can fly. I thought your bat form was 
Oh, oh. So, I mean, are we, are, we, are we going to attack right now? Because we are low on spells. Yeah, I think we should rest until tomorrow evening. Yeah, we can do it tomorrow. But, so, are we on board with the attack plan, or are we on board with the, the stealth fly plan? Personally, I'm on board with the attack plan. Um, uh, if we go through the gate, and then we have to come back out and fight these guys, I don't think that's a great... True. We got two for the attack plan. Do we got a third? I'm in four for the attack. And the attack plan was majority rules. So let's go find somewhere to camp, I guess, and then uh, we'll save up for tomorrow. Motion carries. Okay. Nipron, do you mind recording that in a minute? Sure. Synchronize watches. Anyway, let's uh, back away from the river a couple, maybe half a mile. All right. Set up camp. Hold on, just gonna swap some spells for preparation. Alright, I'm good. Alright, so um, you travel about a half a mile away from the shrine, or the fig gate here, and make camp. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Alright, so uh, you're setting up camp. Um, Are you going to build a fire, or...? I recommend against it. Same. Same. God damn it, it's cold. It is getting a little chilly up here. You set up camp. Are you doing watches? I'll take first watch. Okay. I'll take second. Oh, no, wait. I can't. We don't have a fire, and I literally can't see. Oh. You take first watch. I'll take second. I still can't see. Okay, you just focus on your spells. Uh, I'll take first watch. I see. Right. Ifron and I will divvy up the watches. <laughs> okay. Are you taking first watch? Yeah. Okay, so he'll take second, you'll take third? Yep. Okay, and he'll take fourth. So you take your first watch, and it's uneventful, and you hand it over to Nifron, and then you're on your third watch. At this point, it's probably about four o'clock in the morning. Give me a perception check. I'm good at those. 22. All right, so about what you estimate maybe 30 minutes into your watch you are going to hear some the pine cones and pine leaves or pine needles that are on the ground here since this is mostly like evergreen forest you are going to hear a what sounds to be like a pine uh, cone being crunched probably about maybe 40 yards away from you I will gently wake up let's see who do I think is very I'll wake up Tali say, I think I heard something. I'm going to go investigate. I'll groggily wake up and go, oh, okay, and kind of set up. Keep an ear open. I'll be back. And now I'm going to go investigate. Quietly. Okay, give me a stealth check. This went really well. Okay, so you start not moving directly towards the sound, but like kind of in an in a arc Angle. To, to the right of it, trying to move in behind it and you are going to be moving towards you can kind of see like a figure here in the dark that's kind of crouched down and you're going to get about 10 feet away from it when your foot snaps a twig and then you're going to see this silhouette turn toward you give me a deck save wow 12 this figure turns toward you and then you're going to hear the twang of a bowstring. Okay, uh, being a monk comes in handy. I'm going to catch, or try to catch it. It's been a while since somebody tried to shoot me. Let's see. Um, reaction can reduce damage by D10 plus dex mod plus monk level. Okay, that's uh, nine points of damage. Okay, so D10, dex mod plus monk. Oh, there we go, I do have it. Nine. Hey. So that means you're. Oh, I have the. To catch it, correct? What's that? That means you're able to correct. Yep, I can catch it. Yep, I caught it, and now I can spend one chi to attack with it as a monk weapon ranged attack with proficiency. Uh, it has limited range. Just keep that. In mind. Yes, sixty to one hundred and twenty feet, or sixty slash one twenty. He's about so ten feet away from this figure right now. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna wing it back at him. Uh, oh wait, that was well, it was a crit, so it doesn't matter that I was not paying attention to what I would click. 
All right, so that's uh, 11 points of damage. And roll the crit table. 16. Uh, that is what just happened. Target automatically loses concentration. Uh, this doesn't have any effect. Okay. It's for magic users. This silhouetted shadow, you see it turn, and you hear this twang of a bowstring, and you instinctually reach up and grab this arrow inches away from your throat, and you turn around and do like this like spin, almost like a shot putter, and throw the arrow back at this figure, and you are going to hear this grunt, and then kind of this gurgle, as it, what you can see now is the outline of a bow, it throws down and grabs its throat as it pulls out a short sword from its scabbard and starts moving towards you. Okay, shout out. We're under attack and move in. Um, can I see anything about this guy? High elf, wood elf? Uh, you can't really tell because you're in the dark. You're just seeing a silhouette and something's attacked you. Okay. Uh, but I will let you go first. Okay, I'm going to... Because that was your action, so it would be your turn. Okay, so who are you? Why are you here? You hear a... I I don't speak vomit. That's a drow. (laughs) Alright, I guess I'll just go ahead and attack. Move in, and I'll hit him with my staff. So, first attack is a nine. Uh, nine damage. It was a 19 to hit, right? Oh, sorry. 19 to hit. Nine damage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this figure starts stumbling towards you, and you ask it that question, and it just gurgles at you as it uh, comes lunging towards you, and you lift up your staff and smack it in the head, and you're going to see it kind of stumble to the side and then gain its balance again as it tries to move forward toward you. Talia was woken up. Would she have heard him say that we were under attack because he said it? Uh, yeah, because he's at this point only maybe 30 or 40 yards away and you're looking towards that area paying attention. Talia's going to start waking everybody up. And I'm going to do subdual or long damage to figure out who this guy is. Okay. And I'm going to attack again. That's 21 for nine more damage. Uh, yeah, that definitely hits. <laughs> and I'm not going to use my boots this time. I'm just going to go ahead and leave myself as myself and attack him with a bonus strike. 16. Alright, so all three of these hit, and with the the third, I'm assuming you're hitting, hitting him with the staff again? Yep. Um, you catch it right beneath the chin, and you hear a snap of, uh, of wood as... Uh, this thing goes down to the ground and it All appears right. to be unconscious. Cool beans. I'm going to say, okay, we're, we're, at least I'm not under attack anymore. I'm going to grab the figure by the foot and start trying to drag it back towards the camera. So you grab it by the foot and it's not very heavy. It appears to be the humanoid in size and as you get it back to camp and reach some kind of like a clearing that you're in and some of the moonlight filters down you could see now that this is a high elf um, that is dressed in these green dark green leathers the color of the evergreen trees here he appears to be unconscious and maybe bleeding out as the arrow that you threw back is sticking out of its throat the arrow shaft has been snapped by the um, force of your staff by hitting him underneath the chin. But uh, he's not looking so good. Well, I tried not to kill him and failed. Um, so, uh, give me a medicine Anybody check. want to try to do anything? I think we're all waking up. So, uh, as you're waking up, you see Lunados dragging this high elf into your camp that apparently has like an arrow shaft sticking out of its throat. I'm going to try and stanch the bleeding. Well, you already did non-lethal. You should be fine. <laughs> Concussion, coma, you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, with that medicine check, I mean, he doesn't look like he's dead currently, but he's probably moving that way. Well, it's not like we can ask him for information. Maybe we should just let him die, and then Alexander can do his talk to dead spell. Why did you drag an elf into our camp? He was coming toward our camp, and then he attacked me, and so, like killed him and I thought maybe we could talk to him. 
if there's gonna be any killing going on, I'm doing it. He says, I'm not dead yet. Death. Okay, so now we have a problem, a big problem. When a sentry doesn't come back, they go and investigate. Actually, come to think of it, that could work to our advantage because it'll likely split them up. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking, but yeah. If we could set, like, a, a phony campfire and wait in ambush for them. What if instead one of us who can speak Elvish and disguise themselves just makes themselves look like this person and goes back into camp and tries to see what is inside and get us more information? I don't know what this elf sounds like, though, and I sound like Dragonborn still. But I am an elf and I don't look like a high elf. But I do speak Elvish. So, Alexander, why don't you go ahead and kill him? Then we can cast talk the dead, you know, and, and find out more about him. Just so you know, if we use talk the dead, he has no obligation to tell us the truth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or even to talk to us. And well, talk to him, we should probably use suggestion or something. And get it well, before we take him out. Well, the thing is, he can't talk right now. He's got an arrow in his throat. We'd have to pull it out and heal him. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Lunados. Maybe you should be uh, more cautious with your arrow slinging. Do you even have a bow? How, how do you even do that? He tried to shoot me, and I caught it and threw it back at him. Don't, don't, don't I, I guess. Me. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, if we really want to talk to him, we can take it out, and then I can use a... Uh, I have a healing level 2 spell, level 3 spell. I have prayer of healing and healing right. word. So Lunadas is going to start stripping this guy of his arms and armor and then pull the arrow out of his throat. Alright, so as you pull the arrow out, he starts uh, gurgling blood and convulsing. I will use prayer of healing. Now Pikachu, hit him with a thunderbolt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's prayer of healing do? Uh, so it restores 2d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier uh, on a thing for healing. Damn. And then if I use it above the spell slot, it gets an extra d8. Okay. So you cast this spell, and you are going to see the convulsion stop. And after a few minutes, you're going to see him open his eyes and then dart up and then look around at his surroundings and then try to run. Uh, Lunadas will hit him in the legs with his staff. Okay, give me roll and attack. Ten. <laughs> so you swing out with the staff um, trying to stick it between his ankles to try to trip him up but he's too crafty and does this high step and tries to run off into the woods as you all see this butt-ass uh, naked elf running for the tree line. Can I can I throw a dagger at him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all have our reflex. <laughs> 24? Uh, I'm going to aim for his leg. Okay. Try to hamstring him. So uh, that's seven points of damage. Uh, he had five hit points. So he is down. I was I, I was trying to stop him, not kill him, just so we're clear. So non-lethal. Yes. Yeah, non-lethal. Okay, so uh, you knock him out again. <laughs> Can, Can we, we tie, tie him up this time? Yeah, I think we should do that, yes. I, I'm not sure what we expected. You saved his life. He should have been cooperative. I don't think that's how that works. So you uh, move him back into the camp and tie him up this time and uh, does anybody want to give me a medicine check to see if you can uh, bring him back to consciousness? I suppose. Fourteen? Uh, anybody else? Thirteen. Let me, let me just roll a natural one here. Hold on. Let me just shove this dagger deeper into him. Uh, oh no, the dagger wouldn't be there anymore. Twelve. Oh yeah, you probably would have taken that out. <laughs> oh, it would have flown it back to my hand. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So I'm just imagining this scene that you've <laughs> you've taken this elf out, killed him, knocked him out again, and then there's all of you like trying all these different things on this elf, 
Um, who's unconscious on the ground. It's like Shane's like, well, maybe if I slap him in the face and that doesn't work. And Hannah's like, well, maybe if like, uh, like I flip his nose or like open his eyes for him. He <laughs> open his eyes. He's just staring up into the up into the moon and and Alunidas uh, is like, that's not how you do it. And he he uh, goes over and starts like pushing on this uh, elf's chest like he's trying to resuscitate him, and that doesn't work. And Juliet's like, get out of the way. I know how this works. And Juliet like grabs all of the elf's legs and like starts like uh, whipping him up and down like he's uh, one of those exercise ropes. <laughs> and uh, none okay. of it's working. Okay, but there's still so, uh, Tony's gonna look at Nightfront and be like, Nightfront. <laughs> We've tried everything we can think of. Can you help? <laughs> oh, yes. And he walks over, he rolled a 16. Um, he, he grabs uh, some of uh, these herbs out of a pouch at his side and crushes them between his fingers and sticks them up this elf's nose. And then uh, almost immediately this, uh, this elf, his eyes pop open again and he's like, don't kill me, don't kill me again. Point of clarification, we didn't kill you the first two times, we just knocked you out. Oh. Well, when you attack servants of the companions, that's what you should expect. The companions? Oh, yeah. gods. Now we do have to kill him. Did you say that out loud? Um. Yes. <laughs> so yes. he <laughs> he looks at Lunados and like for a second he was like, oh, you're with the companions. And then Talia says that and like his expression goes dark. What do you uh, mean you'll have to kill me? We're on a secret mission. We can't have people knowing we're here. <laughs> The ruins, the, the, the red talons are everywhere. We have to work in secrecy as well as in the open. Why are you here? And why am I tied up? Because you attacked you ran me. the first time we healed you. I, you ambushed me. Of course I attacked you. Why, why are you out in here in the woods? Everyone should know that you shouldn't be this close to the Fey Gate. There's been proclamations. No one's to go near. Regardless if you're looking for the companions or not. Untie me. Since Talia is talking to him, I can only assume he's speaking common. Yeah, because he is looking around and he's not seeing any elves. Well, I guess he sees you. Yeah. And I'm assuming you were talking in common. Yes. Right. Talia is going to trigger one of her arm sheaths to get a dagger into her hand and then she's going to kind of point it in his face and say, quit making demands we're asking the questions here and his eyes go wide and he shuts up you didn't even have to roll to intimidate, well done thank you, and he's going to say what kind of people are the companions working with to use such tactics, you clearly don't know the companions very well they're very effective at doing what needs to be done, in any event I'm going to turn to Alexander. Perhaps you should explain the situation to him, sir. So just so I can get the facts in my head right, this dude is uh, thinking that we're the actual companions, and he's part of the the force. No. I said servant. With the companion. That's Please. yet to be seen whether or not he believes you. Oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, give me a deception check on Leonard Oz. Damn it. He almost got away with it. And what do we even need him for? Six. <laughs> we don't. I don't know why he's still alive, but uh, whatever. Yeah, when he was asked, always asking questions. When he was asking you about, you know, who the companions would be working with to use these sort of tactics, uh, yeah, um, you get feeling he's not believing it. That's why I turned to Alexander to continue the deception. But what do we need to deceive for? information out of him. Duh. What do we need? I don't know. Exactly. Is this in Oh character? my god. We could Say use again. some information. Is Was that what they exchanged just in character? I hope not. No. We're, no. we're meta here. <laughs> uh, ask- yeah. Well, I, I was, I was going to say, uh, tell us about the defenses. Uh, give me a persuasion or intimidation check. Fourteen. 
I'm not telling you anything. Talia's gonna take her knife and, and run it along his cheekbone, drawing blood. I'm not afraid of you, little girl. Ooh, She's just gonna idea. smile and, and say, you should be. I'm gonna enjoy this. Give me a intimidation check. <laughs> Five. She's just gonna be adorable. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of coming off as like adorable, and the this elf is just gonna la start laughing, and then it's like it turns from like a chuckle into like a full throated laugh, and it, it just continues, and he he's got the giggles now, and he can't stop. All right, guys, let's just kill him and be on our way. Maybe we can make a, a, a get some information from someone else. Tell us what you know about the elven encampments nearby. I'm gonna use suggestion and tell him that if he doesn't, he will die. It's a DC of 15. And he has advantage. Uh, that is a natural 16. Yikes. Okay, uh, that doesn't work, so I will slit his throat. No, he laughed at me. I want to stab him. Well, I have a collect his skull. Alexander needs to feed his dagger. I think it was just fed. Please let me feed my need to kill something. You'll, you'll be able to kill plenty of stuff tomorrow. Uh, and we'll have this conversation in character. That is a metaphorical feed. I have a literal feed. Talia's just going to stab him. <laughs> I stabbed him first! <laughs> we were having this discussion in character. You, didn't you know what? You, you all you stabbed him at the same time. How about uh, that? Each, each of you uh, roll me a initiative check. Dolly's <laughs> <laughs> gonna win that one. 11.17. Oh! No! 19. So as you're sitting here arguing about this, and this elf that you have tied up is like <laughs> he's in this like weird spot between he's he's still giggling from laughing at Talia from uh, this intimidation attempt but also kind of uh, in horror as you two are fighting over who's going to kill him <laughs> and as as this argument's going to going on Shane is just going to uh, pull out the dagger and lunge forward and as you see him move you like try to pull out uh, yours and lunge too, but Alexander is going to get to this elf for you as he takes the dagger and slides it up under his chin and into his head. And as you do that, Alexander, you're going to hear the demon in the dagger sigh this relief and say, yes, this is more like it. Do this more often. Lower. Pineapple! <laughs> you are going to feel this this surge of uh, warmth come from the dagger and up your hand. And you are going to get a uh, plus one to attacks with this dagger for between now and your next long rest. Okay, so that includes like two hit and damage? Correct. Perfect. Nice. Because you are keeping it well fed. So, Mal, uh, you got a dead tied up high elf. You can't be a deterrent, Shane. Um, he had no hit points, really. What are you, what are you talking about? Oh, oh, I see. I was talking about the chat that was going on in Discord. I thought you were talking about... No, wait, oh. I was supposed to be a deterrent about the dagger. I thought you were... Okay. <laughs> no, no. Talia said that she would remember this in the chat, and I said, do that again, and you'll have a front row seat to my bagpipe recital. And she said, yay. And I was like, no, wait. That was supposed to be a deterrent. And uh, apparently she loves bagpipes, but... Uh, I do. <laughs> that's, a, that's a meta decision. I feel like uh, Talia does not like bagpipes. All right, so... You don't get to say that. At this point, <laughs> it's probably... Anyway. So at about this time, it's 4.30 in the morning. You probably need a couple more hours rest to get your spells back. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> well, what about the... He's a sentry, right? He's gonna not come back. And then they're gonna send somebody to go get him. 
That's Talia's good. going to Talia's going to start cutting his head off. Grumpily. Talia. Oh my god. Do you have what? to do that here? When else am I going to do it? What? I don't think you should do it at all. I think you should do it away from camp, please. I'm just We're imagining Talia like it. over top of this elf, just like sawing its head off with this dagger and pouting. That's yeah. That's exactly what's happening. We should drag his body farther away, though. Well, we should probably move camp anyway. They will become come looking for him. Juliet's right about that. For once, I'm right about something. Well, you didn't have to roll for this, so... Uh, that's true. Alright, so what are you doing? Alright, so... We are going to take all of our camping stuff, uh, which is virtually nothing, because all we have, I think, are bed rolls, and we don't even have a fire lit, and we're gonna move... Well, we're gonna have to move kind of far. We're gonna move, say, 400 feet away. Actually, what we might want to do is take advantage of this. They'll come looking for him. Yeah, so we can go ahead and set up a trap. Maybe we can take them I, off. Yeah, I already suggested forth. that, but no one wanted to do that, so... Oh, when did... Trap oh. sounds good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like this. Yes. So they currently... So currently, you would probably be in this uh, area on the, the map here, which is about a half mile away from the... Uh, Faygate. So, which way are you moving? Um, south, west, southwest, east. Anyone? Uh, how about west? South it is. All right. How um, far away are you moving? Um, how about four miles, or one and a half miles? What are the votes? I think we should move far enough that we're not immediately obvious to anyone walking into the camp but close enough that we can still see and hear our old camp so that we know when they've come through what's his nuts. That's a good idea. And so why would we want to be there whenever they come and find them? So that we can attack and ambush them and kill some of them. But okay. aren't we trying to rest? Well, yeah, we'll rest until they show up and then we'll kill them. All right, with we'll the, as thick as the, the tree cover here is, because you kind of are in a forest at this point, you probably couldn't be more than, let's say, maybe 60 to 70 yards away before you would lose sight of the camp or any movement through these trees. So, let's go ahead and set up here and try to wait for them and get some rest. If they don't show up before we're done resting, uh, if we rest, get our rest done before they show up, then we'll set up a more careful ambush. What do you say? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. All right, so you move away and you set up your camp. An hour goes by. I'm assuming that you're going back to the shifts you were on before so everybody else can rest. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Nifron takes shift and his shift goes by and, and nothing happens. And then your shift comes along again and nothing happens. And at this point, the sun is starting to come up. You've got the glow of sunrise. Uh, the moon is still a little bit in the sky, um, but it is going down over the trees. You take your watch and still nothing. At this point, everybody would probably be waking up probably around 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay. They didn't show up. Let's uh, see if we can't go about setting up an ambush. Okay. Uh... Oh, I... They, they didn't come in the night to kill us. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Then are we just going to stick to the plan? Good. Yeah. Well, we could hope they come for us to ambush, or we could just go ahead and run in and attack them, yeah. Okay, The now now it sounds like we have two different plans. I am, I am confused as hell. Well, yeah. same. I mean, we have the attack plan, which we're going to do tonight, and whenever the night comes... But in case they come looking for their scout, we're going to be on the lookout to try and ambush them. I like that. That is my current uh, mindset of what the ideas are and what we've agreed to. Unless you do not want to interact with the, the scouts that are trying to find the scout people. Well, it's not like we can sit him down and pretend he found camp or something because he is literally headless. <laughs> 
Alright, so everybody's up at this point. I guess the watches you are setting are the ones um, looking over your previous campsite. I'm going to climb a tree because I can. Okay, give me a uh, athletics check. 19. 19. Alright, so you find a uh, pretty sturdy evergreen tree and you are able to climb up it with no problem because it's got these uh, thick bottom boughs and uh, you're able to climb up maybe 30 feet up into this tree. It's thinned out a little bit here and you can see over um, some of the, the smaller trees here but this is pretty old growth forest so there's still trees in your way you're actually getting less of a vantage point up here just because you're looking down through trees at an angle now instead of being closer to the ground where you can see through the trunks i was just wanting to be up above them when they attack so i could jump down on them to get a surprise okay um, are, you stuff. are you going into the previous camp to do that because you're currently like 60 yards away yeah Next to the previous camp. Not going to be in it, but yeah. Okay, so how far away are you doing this from, like, the body? Um, maybe 20 feet. Okay, so a couple hours go by. You're still hanging out in this tree. Around this time, it is about 11 a.m. And give me a perception check. 19. All right, so you are going to notice some movement and some trees probably around 100 feet away from this camp and you'll see them this movement like move for a bit and then stop for a minute and then move you know another 20 or 30 feet and then stop i will look very carefully at it and say nothing because we didn't agree on any sort of signal or anything and i don't think anyone else is watching me uh, another 10 minutes are going to go by and give me a, another perception check. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to uh, see that movement stop in the, the tree line and then you don't see any movement again for another probably 20 minutes. You're just sitting there waiting and nothing's happening. Eh, that's what happens when you're a soldier, I guess. A servant of a noble ghost. <laughs> and at this point you are probably about 50 yards away from the camp I guess so the new camp okay um give me a stealth check this will go well it did go well 23 cool as the I'm center really seed of a cucumber so after these uh 20 30 and then 40 minutes go by where you last saw that movement you are going to see some movement in the other direction so the movement was coming from the east before and now this movement is coming through the west and then you're going to see two high elves with uh, bows in that same dark green armor stepping out into this clearing where your previous camp was and you're going to see them stop and start looking around in every direction you're going to see one of them look right at your position up in this tree and he's going to stare for a long moment and then he's going to look away and start scanning other parts of these trees and then after another couple of minutes they're going to walk over to this body okay I'm going to click my heels together and jump out of the tree to land as much on top of them as I can. Alright, so you are currently about 30 feet up in this tree. Are you just mm -hmm. jumping out of the tree? Pretty much. I mean, I'm monkishly, so I don't have to worry about getting hurt, but yeah. Okay, you can do that. Um, monks don't take, let's see, it's falling damage. They ignore up to three times their level, I think it is. Uh, reduce falling damage by amount equal to five times your level. So currently, I can ignore up to 30 damage falling damage. Okay, so that would be nine damage, so you're able to ignore that? Yep. Alright, so you jump out of this tree and you start catching these branches on your way down, and you hit the ground in the, the three point superhero pose, and 
with all this commotion, you don't surprise them at all as they're all already wary and have their bows up. They spin around and uh, point their bow and arrows at you. And I think that's probably a good, pretty good place to stop it right there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. If you have an idea to make the podcast better, tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Are annoying adventurers stealing your treasure and slaying ye hard-earned magical beasties? An expertly crafted dungeon may just be what ye need. Hell, I'm Brog Stoneshield Jr. of Stoneshield and Sons Dungeon Contractors. When me pal started this business, he had but one philosophy. Help people protect what they worked so hard to get. We have free in-tower consultations to design a lair just for ye needs. Our expert dwarven stonesmiths will help ye build a dungeon of your dreams, and we can work with any budget. Spike traps, we got them. Flame pillars, no problem. Bottomless pits, we're the best in the business. Do ye already have a dungeon and want to upgrade? We can help make it even more secure. With a combined 600 years of experience, there's no dungeon too big or too small. We do them all. Just contact Stone Shield and Sons Dungeon Contractors for all your dungeon needs. The music you heard on this episode was Riverfire, At Rest, and Enter the Maze by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.